Welcome to episode 46 of All the Small Takes. I'll do it again. That's fine. We could just go out that. <laughs> Deep breath. From the top. Taking the plunge. Welcome to episode 46 of All the Small Takes. We are coming to you on a Thursday night. We waited a little bit this week. Some forces conspired against us. And we're coming to you on Thursday. And as it turns out, it's a very good thing that we waited for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think we needed uh, some time for the the events that transpired on Sunday to set in for both my good friend John and I. But then also, today, the NBA world went a little nuts. More than a little nuts. And Cooper is like already face-palming, and so we're going to get into all this. But I first, take, take stock of both you guys. How are you guys doing? Very different ends of the spectrum. We'll start with John coming in from him. A very hot, much a high place, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy here at the McMacken House for the past. Has it only been four days? It's five days. I don't know how many days it's been. An undisclosed number of days. Yeah, today's Thursday. Gosh. John's on like a Wait. bender. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's time. Time has been crazy. <laughs> like, uh, you know, waking up every morning to fly eagles fly. You know, Kate, Vader, and I all singing along and having a great time and. You know, just a lot of fraternal unity and stuff. And then just, like, being world champions, it's amazing. And then, like, the rest of the world forgetting the Eagles won and just talking about if Tom Brady is going to retire or what the Patriots did to the Colts and just moving on is a bit of a bummer. But I don't know. I'm having fun. Good. Good. You should be. And Cooper, what about you? On a, on maybe a different end of the spectrum. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm feeling very uh, young, rejuvenated, uh, which I imagine is how the Cavs feel right now. <laughs> um, it gave me an excuse to play 2K for a little bit with my new Cavs team, uh, which was fun. So, yeah, I mean, I'm loving it. I'm being it. It was awesome. All right, you're putting a spin on it, which I like. And uh, you, we'll get to this, but you're gonna need to like give us a full 12-man roster rundown of who's left on the Cavs and who's new. <laughs> I don't even know if you can do that. We might need That's to. We might need to text Woj and see if he knows the full Cavs roster. <laughs> I think it might involve like. Two two way players, I think. Oh, right now, yeah, because they don't know. Yeah, for their ro- their anymore. roster tomorrow. Yeah, no, they're actually not all their neutral Sunday. Uh, so the roster tomorrow, like the actually play tomorrow. All right, let's get into all that. But first, uh, hit us up on social media. We, Cooper says he's taken over the social media accounts. Been killing it, <laughs> crushing it, extremely active. That. Uh, our engagement has gone up by 500%. We've gotten Double likes, everything. we've gotten retweets. We're on LinkedIn now. I didn't even know why or how. Um, LinkedIn. Got to get those professional followers. Uh-huh. I hate LinkedIn. Oh, don't you dare blaspheme LinkedIn. Oh my, it's all like corporate recruiters posting these long stories that I'm pretty sure they all made up. Okay. About, oh, this one time I hired this candidate who didn't have a resume spot that I wanted, but he walked in the door and made great eye contact and breathed out of his left nostril. And so that showed me he was a winner. I don't know. Nah, I do agree. People who like post on LinkedIn are a little bit uh, different, but it as a tool is has value and use, which is why we're on it now. Um, Cooper, wait, Cooper is texting us. Cooper, you know <laughs> yeah. that's not social media. The, the group message is not a social media network. Yeah. Uh, quick update on our social media. We have not tweeted since I had tweeted out about, uh, did I tweet out about it? Days ago. Uh, September 11th. <laughs> oh. 
uh, oh, the government knew. <laughs> um, they knew. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we're <laughs> going to get the social media house in order, maybe re- maybe for real. Uh, Twitter, at small takes. Instagram, small underscore takes. Facebook, all the small takes. And Gmail, all the small takes at gmail.com. Do you want to um, throw out the, Cooper, yeah. the passwords there, too, for our followers? Mainly me, so I can log into them. Uh, John I, you, I just texted the password to you. It's the second one, not the first one. Yeah, I know. I got it. I got it. All right. Okay. Cooper, you are now looking live at Cooper as... The official social media like someone who's discovering like a whole new world <laughs> executive vice president of social media yeah. all the small things chief engagement officer ah uh, that's perfect the c the c ceo yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep all right cooper's the new ceo look out for all those uh engaging social media posts on all those different platforms that i just mentioned all right let's talk about some sports because i guess this is a sports podcast the super bowl did happen on Sunday, it was by all accounts a fascinating and entertaining football game. I think Cooper as like the objective voice, you could probably concur on that. That it was one of the more entertaining Super Bowls in recent memory. Fair yeah, to say, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Before we get, we're going to do a segment that will frame this whole discussion up of the game and the key moments throughout it. Um, but before, I want to go to John as the very not objective person in the room, but as someone who has experienced one championship in your life, Philadelphia championship, and uh, never a Eagles championship. And so just take me through. I'm going to do the sports reporter question thing. Talk about your emotions throughout the game and, and what you're feeling and seeing and experiencing. Well, yeah. So um, I don't know. We can leave this in or we can cut this next bit out. Just depending <laughs> on it. I hear you guys' vibe for it. Uh, but so Sunday was actually uh, actually my grandfather's birthday. Uh, the 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 grandfather I'm named after. He passed away before I was born. Big Eagles fan. Um, spent like a lot of his time. Well, lived in in South Jersey and stuff. I don't know. It was it was it was just it was almost surreal to have the Eagles actually win that game the way they did because it followed like the normal script of a Patriots Super Bowl victory, which is like you know. They're down early, and like it, like Eagles are up double digits at the half, and it's like, oh man, got to come out and make some adjustments. And then the Patriots come all the way back, and they take the lead with like, I don't know, four minutes to go in the half, and then they get the ball back with two minutes to go, and they're just about to, they're going to go ice it, and that's going to be it. But I don't know, it was amazing. It was amazing to watch the resilience uh, of the team and to see like the Eagles for once be like the high-flying offensive team and the team with like the, the defense that just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And Malcolm Jenkins was like an animal um, and like was vicious. in at least one instance knocking that, knocking Brandon cooks out. But I love Nick Foles. That was, I think that was my favorite part of the game was just Nick Foles playing lights out and playing like the, like, like his, uh, his all pro season um, a couple years ago. It, it, I think that was my favorite part. Just overall, um, but I loved it. It was so surreal. I, I hadn't thought about this before, really, but I love the Lombardi Trophy presentation because it's like it's the same every year, like where they do the parade and the guy walks up and all the players are there and they cover it and their fingerprints and they kiss it and they do all this <laughs> stuff. And like watching it the last couple of years, it's fun because it's like weird and funny and uh, like sometimes the the former players are like 
they look really pissed off when they're carrying it. They're like, well, get out of the way. Like, I, mean, I, I just got to carry this. But um, I mean, the Vikings guy was pretty, pretty nice about it. And it was just, it was amazing to see the Eagles actually be the ones touching the trophy. It doesn't happen at all. It's never happened. So yeah, it was amazing. It was very well said. And I, and I, I did want that. We'll leave that in. Cause that was perfect. Like I'm in this like hard place where I can't be too upset. And I'm like, I'm, ha- I'm genuinely happy for you and for other Eagles fans because, like, I can't say I lived it because I, like, was 10 when the Red Sox broke the curse, but, like, a lot of my family was in that same boat of, like, having rooted for a team through so many, much, like, futile and frustrating times. So very much understand where you're coming from. There, so there was, like, an, an obituary um, that people were reading, like, the local news stations were reading before the game happened. And it was this guy who had, I, I he was he was like close to a hundred years old or something, and he had like written they had like written little instructions for for like the people to give him the funeral, and they had like inclu- included it. And like one of them was like, if at all possible, love to have some of the Eagles players come and be my pallbearers. That way, they can let me down one more time. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, those kind of stories, like, like when the Cubs won, and those sorts of like stories of like people going to visit like graves and loved ones pass like that that's the kind of stuff that like reminds you why sports are as cool as they are why we spend an inordinate amount of time caring about it yeah so anyway uh cooper you have anything to add otherwise we'll get into the freezing fire mixed bag of four that we're gonna do here how do you like things on instagram <laughs> you just double tap don't you is that what you do I don't. I actually don't have an Instagram. I like, I like things. You hit the heart. Yeah. You can't read. You pretty, can't read. Self-explanatory. Well, I just noticed, doesn't read too. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm upgrading everyone who we're uh, following on Instagram because we're following like no one. All right. So, well, this because is good. we were. Oh gosh, you you tweeted a picture of me. <laughs> change, sweeping change from our new yeah. CEO. Cooper is already making waves. All right, let's do uh. So that was a quick segment called Cooper Learns Social Media. Let's do a real segment. Uh, so we do the Fire Four. Uh, we're going to do the Fire Four kind of for the Super Bowl, moments from the Super Bowl. From John's perspective, the Fire Four, the best moments. From my perspective, we'll call it the Freezing Four, the moments that, that were least enjoyable for me as a Patriots fan. And Cooper is just going to do an objective, uh, impartial fan of football, Fire Four. So why don't we start with the champion, John, and we'll snake draft it. We'll go John, me, Cooper. Okay, so number four, I have I have Legarrette Blunt, Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar written down, just because like every time those guys touched the ball, it was exciting because like Alshon Jeffrey, what was yeah I mean every like Alshon Jeffrey had like kind of dogged it the whole year and he like wasn't really all that great. And then Nelson Aguilar kind of had a has been garbage to say the least, and then this year started getting good maybe because he didn't have a garbage head coach anymore. But then Legarrette Blunt is just an animal. Um, I get that you don't want to overpay a running back, um, especially one that's older. But like getting him was maybe one of the best things the Eagles did to win the Super Bowl, um, and that the Patriots didn't do. And it, like it was just um, he and a Jai, but like a Jai wasn't even on the team to start the season. Yeah, like they picked him up, and both those guys. Oh, yeah, were I know. To watch run from a Patriots standpoint like every time Garrett Blunt touched the football I like the Patriots front seven is so bad 
could you remember a time in the game where they put Nick Foles like under any sort of duress? James no. Harrison. James Harrison, who could not play for the Steelers, got cut by the Steelers, was the only one who was actually like putting pressure on the quarterback in that football game. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Um, I guess it's my turn, though. Um, yeah. So my, my number four moment, my freezing four moment, is uh, in the first quarter, Brandon Cooks caught a pass on like a, like a slant, quick slant on third and two and had the chance to pick up a first down that would have kept the drive going. Patriots were down 3 nothing at the time. And instead of juking the defender, he tried to hurdle. And Brandon Cooks is like, he's a small guy. He's like 5'10". Tried to hurdle and got planted instead. Came up short and the Patriots ended up kicking a field goal. And that changed, I think, a big dynamic of the game because the Patriots, for as good as the Eagles defense was at times, the Patriots also had their way offensively. And I think if they had gone down and scored on the first drive, it puts the Eagles in a different spot strategically. So that was a little bit of a foreboding moment in my mind. Cooper, what about you? Sorry, got to look at the list. Social media is extremely distracting. All right. So you got a big job now. Number four. We are going four to one, right? It's whatever order you want. All right. So all the Philadelphia celebrities and their celebrations. So Will Smith posted a Snapchat, I think. Maybe an Instagram. Not sure. I don't know the difference. Uh, Kobe Bryant, same thing. He was celebrating with his kids. That was actually really cool. Uh, the best one by far, though, was Kevin Hart trying to get onto the, the stage. <laughs> Stayed there, passing out the trophy. Definitely a wee bit intoxicated, too. It was hilarious. How do we know that Kevin Hart wasn't like filming? It wasn't like a guerrilla marketing scheme for his <laughs> next movie. <laughs> Like, isn't that like every, the plot of every movie? Like, oh, I'm small. I'm Kevin Hart. I can't do this. Yeah, Don't let me do compared this. Compared to like football players. Yeah. Yeah. He was <laughs> tiny. Yeah. What about you? Left out some Philly. Like you left out the Always Sunny crew, who were like all over the broadcast. Yeah. Did you say Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper was the other one. Yeah. Hold on. No. So yes. Sorry. I was thinking to the ones that I saw. Yeah, I saw Bradley Cooper during the the broadcast, but yeah, they about, showed like, him the, so much. The post. Post Super Bowl celebrations. Right. Hold on. So they're, they're interviewing the Eagles long snapper. The Eagles ran a fake run through when they got to the Minnesota, the Minnesota stadium. They didn't run any of their real plays in the stadium in case the Patriots were videotaping. Oh, come on. We were having like a sentimental. I was on your side. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, this is that's insane. Like, Who so they didn't that? practice. Who reported that? Philly.com? Mm, Same website that Aaron Hernandez on the Patriots. Pro Football Talk. Oh, that's actually reputable. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Cooper, stick it back around, please. <laughs> I'm liking some of your tweets right now. Um, I get the. I so, it. yeah, you're welcome. Number two. Aren't you liking any of my tweets? Number three. Sorry, uh, Tyrion Lannister uh, slash God rapping in the uh, I think Doritos Mountain Dew commercial. Yep, that was. I think my second favorite commercial, it was pretty awesome. So, yeah, it was Morgan Freeman and Peter Dinklage performing some, um, I guess it was like a, a lip sync battle, I guess, is what we could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it a lot. You uh, you were a big Lil Wayne and Busta Rhymes fan. As I, I was. As I hear. A huge, <laughs> huge Lil Wayne fan. <laughs> Not too long ago, embarrassingly. Yeah, yeah so okay. that, one, that one hit home. Um, all right, my number, I guess, three is the uh, the famous or infamous not-so-Philly special that the Patriots tried to run, 
the New England uh, special that went through Brady's hands. That I don't know if like it was overthrown. It was definitely a little overthrown, but Brady definitely like short armed it a little bit, and his strides were wrong, which I don't think his strides have ever been right in his entire life. That was that was also like another moment where like a Patriots were like pulling the tricks out of the bag in the second quarter, which was a red flag, and B it was like mm, I don't know if this is the night. Like, I don't know if things are going to go our way. John, what about you? What's your uh, number three and two? Oh, this, this is this is rough. All right, so we're going to do number three, Tide commercials and Eli Manning and uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s commercial. Wait, you're going away from the Eagles, huh? Yeah, well, for number three. Okay. The, the Tide commercials were amazing. Um, and like, so, so my favorite one was... So we're going into number two here. Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett's strip, uh, or like fumble, forced fumble, and then recovery. But my favorite Tide commercial was the one with the old people, because that's the one that happened right after the fumble. Like we came out, and I thought we were, I thought we were in like a, uh, I don't know, like a drug commercial, and like it, it, they had the perfect timing too, because they didn't string you out that much. It was like just enough to like get you thinking, and then they had. Uh, Chief Hopper, Hopper come in and come in and go into that commercial, <laughs> and I was just like, so I I had, I had like like yelled yes a couple times, banged on the futon after the fumble, and then that came up, and I was just I like lost it again, and that was when that was when my wife was like, maybe we can be a little quiet, and our neighbors won't come complain. <laughs> it's funny because I think that was the exact moment where Maddie was like, all right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, and I actually don't gosh. remember that. I don't, I don't think I know which Thai commercial you're talking about because I was like head down. That was when that was when it all fell apart. Uh, okay, so those are your three and two. That dovetails nicely into my number two, which was the Brady fumble. Like everything was set up for that to be the way that so many Brady last like final drives, comeback drives have gone. Um, I got a little cocky, which I should have known better, but I tweeted out an old tweet of mine, which is that I would trust Tom Brady with the lives of everyone that I love. And uh, like 30 seconds later, Tom Brady fumbled the lives of everyone I loved. And uh, Derek Barnett scooped it up. So lovely. Yeah. So wonderful. All right, Cooper. Yeah. All right. So my number two is the Justin Timberlake halftime performance, which I actually thought was pretty good, even though he's got some heat. Um, Agreed. I guess from other people, which I didn't really understand. My favorite moment, though, was when he was dancing with that super awkward kid. Um, and the kid had, like, no idea what to do with himself. And that would have been me. Like, Yeah, the kid, like, couldn't even, like, take a selfie. Like, he wanted to take a selfie. Like, he didn't know what to do with his phone. He had no he idea what to do. He was just like, I'm just going to hold up my phone and just, like, pretend like I'm taking a selfie. I'm actually, like, kind of impressed that the kid stood there that long. Because I probably would have ran away. He was like Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kid, I mean, he's on like he was on like Good Morning America and like all these morning shows, and now he's famous. So famous. I think it all turned out okay for him. We should follow him on Twitter. We should try to get him on the pod. <laughs> uh, all right, Cooper, you get to go again. I think. All right, the best thing in the Super Bowl by far um, was the controversy surrounding the NFL catch rule, because now I officially have no idea. <laughs> what a catch is in the NFL because both times I thought for sure. So both like plays that were, you know, kind of controversial was the, uh, the pass over the shoulder 
um, to Philadelphia's third string running back, and I'm blanking on a name, John. Name? Our third string, Corey Clement. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, went to Wisconsin, correct? Yeah, he's Wisconsin. Was he's not drafted. Was not drafted. Yeah, he's an ex-Badger. I thought for sure that was an incomplete pass. And then that second one, which looked you know, eerily similar to that play that happened uh, against the Steelers, but they also ruled that a touchdown. So I just have no clue what a catch is anymore. Do you think that so, like the officials were sitting there watching the replay and are like, we cannot make this call in the <laughs> Super Bowl? Like I'm I'm dead serious. Like that there has to be like a human element at some point that comes in there. Like we cannot let this decide the Super Bowl. Like this by the rule, this might not be a catch, but like it, no one's gonna be upset if we call this a touchdown. But if we don't, this will be like talked about forever. See, in in law school, this is called um, legislating from the bench. And I think the referees just decided to change the catch rule. Like, <laughs> it's cool. yeah, just set, in the super set like, a new precedent. Well, like Roger Goodell was like, "Ah, oh, we need to change it." And the referees were like, "Great, all right, we're back to back to the old one, which is if it smells like a catch, it's a catch." Uh, yeah, <laughs> which really should be the rule. Like, it really That's, should. That second touchdown looked like a catch. Yep. It did, and I think they got like I don't know if by the book they got the call right. But that looked like a catch. That first one, I looked at it like I have kept on looking at it. I still don't think it's a catch. Corey Clements? Yeah, I think they messed up that call. I agree. I don't like because he did it, it, not it have depends, possession. It depends where he has possession, and I and think the that's ball's a, like kind of moving, a thing, but like so. it's kind of not, it is such a gray area. Like it, I'm not like dwelling on that like this horrible officiating mistake that cost the Patriots a Super Bowl because there were lots of other things that did. Yes. But, no, I don't think it could have. It could have gone the other way easily. Sure, I really well, just so think no, no one like not as many people are talking about it because had it gone like were the Patriots the team on offense, everyone like this would be a big thing that people would be talking about a lot more. Right, um, it'd be the referee, the referee apparatus colluding to help the Patriots win. Um, the deep state. Yeah, so I don't know. I just really think they just need to get like a crew of like pee wee football players in a room to watch all the catch replays and then they can just decide does this look like a catch or does it not look like a catch and if they say it looks like a catch it's probably a catch or just like use the buttons that they have under the bar at buffalo wild wings and have like the bars across america mm-hmm. vote that's a much better Ooh. idea wow free advertising for beat-ups too throw throw us some bags drop some bags <laughs> our way yeah. um all right I'll, I'll finish up with my last most uh painful moment my freezing four moment of the game and it was the moment when it all seemed lost, but the Patriots had the ball in the 50, the Hail Mary play with like the perfect Hail Mary target in the NFL, Rob Gronkowski waiting on the other end. The ball got batted into the air for like a, a tenth of a second, and like a sound escaped my body that I don't think I could ever recreate. <laughs> well, I, like, because, and uh, so I forget who's on, it was one of the Patriots receivers, like Edelman, not Edelman. <laughs> Uh, Hogan or Amadola. One of them was like within shot of it, within within range of it, and for like that tenth of a second, I was like, "This is gonna be a catch," and then the ball fell to the turf, and that was it. That was my the the final closing moment for me. That was the worst. John, finish this up. Yep. So my number one moment is. Uh... Is, is the Philly special Nick like Nick Foles and Doug Peterson's finest hour? Um, like 
I don't think there's anything better than running a trick play well and winning, and especially in a tight game in the championship game. I think any like anytime you can do that, it's like one of the most memorable things ever. Yeah. Like if it's the Boise like, State principle. Yeah, it's like flea flicker, Statue of Liberty. I don't know, fumble Ruski, maybe not as much. I don't know, maybe it's because the fumble Ruski is actually before our time, but it's just great. It was great. It's an amazing play. I'm gonna think find a way to work Philly special into my general vocabulary from here on out. And that's, I mean, that, that was the moment where that was the moment where Nick Foles won the MVP. Like he he had to keep playing the rest of the game um, and actually get to 300 yards, but that was kind of the moment where it was like, hey, maybe. Maybe we'll actually win this. Um, yeah. And that was a moment where I was like, uh, conversely, the Patriots are for once not the team that's like making the other team play scared. Like the Patriots were on their heels really from that moment on. Doug Peterson showed some major kahunas and that was like a oh crap moment. Kahunas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the second time that's come up. Is it? Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> you could do the. Uh... I forget what announcer it was, but the guy who says onions. Oh, uh, it's Gus, isn't it? Is that Gus? I think it's my man's no. Gus Johnson. I think it is. Does he do basketball? I think it's a. Yeah, he does. He he's doing Knicks games now. Maybe. Or yeah, he is doing Knicks games because he called that Giannis uh, like dunking, jumping over Tim Hardaway Jr. Anyway, we're gonna get to the NBA in a minute. Really quickly. I want to approach the the Malcolm Butler decision. Are we not talking about that? We can talk about it really quickly. I just want to know what you think. I think it was the first time that like Belichick's ego has gotten the better of rational decision making because he I'm sure he did have a bad week of practice and I'm sure he missed curfew or like all these things that are being reported. I'm sure they all happened. And I'm sure Belichick thought like this is another opportunity to like put the team first and like solidify my status as like it's not one person, it's the whole group. Undoubtedly, with Butler on the field, the Patriots were a better team. And when you give up 41 points in a Super Bowl, you have to look at like areas that you could have done better. And the obvious one is defense. And I don't know if it makes a difference because, like I said, the Patriots front seven was invisible the entire game. They had no pass rush. I think it starts there. But um, I think it was the first time I have... I will remember having second guess Belichick and will hold that against him. Do you think the decision it. was made because of Butler's impending free agent status? I think that I think there's been a quietly a rift brewing between him and the probably ownership and Belichick, who obviously controls all personnel decisions um, all year. I think this was just it coming to a head. Yes, I think he's probably had animosity all year okay follow up then what do you think of tom brady tweeting so or not it was an instagram yeah comment? well they all so instagram comment they all like support instagram yeah post. yeah well and then brady even commented yeah well i think that again that that to me is a re- another like belichick overthought himself while he was proving that you have to be a team player and follow the rules and whatever else he was dividing a locker room and a wet like against a guy who'd fought for them all year who was their number one shut down corner and hey basically put the players against the coaches in a way before the most important game of the season so i thought that i don't have an issue with that at all i think it's good actually that brady is sticking up for his teammates especially in light of some of the things that have been said about the rumors about brady in the locker room 
So no, I, I think that speaks again to Belichick not necessarily having his pulse on the effect it would have on the team. I just, yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk too long about it, but I think I can't remember another time that a team has left off on one. Malcolm Butler played more snaps on the defensive side of the ball than any other player this season for the Patriots. And I cannot remember a time that that has happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know. So Eric Rowe was the guy they put in instead, and he was matched up on Alshon Jeffrey early on before they moved the other guy from South Carolina over to him, but Stefan Gilmore or something. Yeah. So presumably he matches up with Jeffrey and that maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. I feel like height was a big height and speed were the things that really hampered Eric Rowe's performance early on. So well, it wasn't know. even like Eric Rowe. It was the fact that like Batamosi was in. Yeah. As, like yeah. they're playing. I had, to, like, I had no clue who he was. Oh my god, like you look him up on, you know, like the pro football focus rankings. He's like not even ranked because he hasn't had like enough snaps this year to even like calculate anything. He's missing so the, big third down tackles and like there were yeah. at least a couple plays that impactful plays that he was involved in that Butler's out there and they could easily go the other way. Again, I'm not like you can't shoulder blame on one thing, one person because there were a lot of different things that determined like the Patriots defense was not good all around, but it was definitely a mistake on Belichick's part. I will openly acknowledge that. On the on the subject of bad defenses, how do you think the Lions feel? Like, <laughs> well, how do you think Matt Patricia feels? Like, well, he's, he's like, gone. No, no, no. He's like, you go ahead, care. McDaniel's. I want you. Yeah, to that's oh, my that's favorite too. part. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> McDaniel's like, head coaching job's yours in a couple of years. Patricia, you go ahead and leave. Yeah, we're better. Yeah, we're fine. Get, I want both of you to be head coaches next year. Hey, Josh, why don't you yeah. come back? I feel better <laughs> coaching against you than I do having you on my team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, no, I don't, uh, think it's, I don't think I feel, I would feel great if I were Matt Patricia right now. And he shaved his beard. He cleaned himself up. I don't know if you guys saw that, too. He's, like, all prim and proper now. Uh, anyway, uh, all right. Unless there's anything else on the, on the Super Bowl, and uh, I think what we're gonna do here, since we've talked for much longer than we planned to on the Super Bowl, um, which we anticipated and which is good, but uh, we're gonna split our episodes because we have a lot to cover in the NBA. We have a lot of college football recruiting because it's that time of year. College football never ends. Uh, we're gonna break that into a second episode. It'll be coming out. Uh, separately from this episode, this will be a Super Bowl only edition, all Super Bowl, and we have a we have a quick additional Super Bowl segment, that maybe not so quick actually, because there's a lot to unpack here from this list that Cooper has compiled. Um, so yeah, so check out the second part of the episode. But for now, this is going to be all Super Bowl, and we have a real or not, which is a segment we've been doing recently of things that happened in Philadelphia post Super Bowl with the great people of Philadelphia following the Super Bowl. Cooper uh, has done some research, right? I have. Okay. So am I just – how are we, am I reading them all off? Am I going one just, by one? you want to talk about each one individually? Read them all uh, off. No, I don't read them like, all. I, I would go one by one, actually. One by okay. one? Okay. So fans rob Rob Gronkowski's house in dog masks during Super Bowl. Okay. So I've heard a theory. Oh, in the dog masks, that's different. I've heard a theory about this, that Gronk was actually 
still concussed and couldn't remember where his stuff was. Couldn't remember where his house and was. He didn't room. know where he lived. Couldn't re- well, no, couldn't like remember where the stuff was inside his house. He uh, broke into uh, someone else's house. That's the real story. Yeah. Well, they, no, they stole not... like guns, right? I'm not sure what they stole, but they definitely stole something. They weren't wearing dog masks. I made that part up. Okay. It felt like so it seems to real. like seem to go on pretty well. Partially like 90%. real. Yeah. yeah. They stole like three guns out of his house. Yeah. In addition to other things. Fun. Probably for the the riots in Philadelphia. <laughs> the or purge. Boston. <laughs> the Philly parents. All right, number two. The Philadelphia fans attempting trust falls from the top of, I guess we call them like light poles, I guess. Yeah. Light poles from the top of light poles. Yeah, I don't know what else to call them. What, well, I mean, they like, greased the light poles with like Crisco, didn't do you, they? Yeah, do, well, you perhaps, some, do you perhaps mean awnings? No, not awnings. They were doing light poles as well. John, any I did any not. I think it was like any, ten feet above the ground, yeah, any scalable. Fans were going to climb it, and then they were going to fall on top of it and see if the other fans would catch them. It's the bro- city of brotherly love, John. I know. Well, I mean, a lot of people did get caught, but a lot of people got dropped, or not. <laughs> dropped implies that there was some catching. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think anything was done to to slow the descent. Ignored. <laughs> some fans were ignored. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this this was this was one hundred percent real, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is one hundred percent real. Oh yeah. I think it's a feat. They, so they they greased the poles with like butter before the NFC Championship game didn't work. So before the Super Bowl, they greased them with like industrial grade lubricant. Yeah. Yeah. Like they brought in the big oil. guns, yeah. hydraulic oil, like the stuff they like used to make sure that like military weapons fire correctly, <laughs> like tanks and stuff. And it did not keep the people of Philadelphia from climbing those poles. Well, you know what the fans did with those poles? They took, they took them out and then just came <laughs> yeah. around. They just came around. Uh, it's like the field goals after you storm the field. Yeah. <laughs> just light yep. posts. There are whole uh, streets that just don't have lights on them. <laughs> All right. So I have a couple good chants going on, apparently. So it was reported that some fans were chanting, don't punch the horse. <laughs> Ooh. Like, I don't know context, Like a police horse? A police horse. Yeah, well, a two, police horse. Two fans don't punch, punch the police horse. horses this year. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. So some fans were, is that real or not real? I think that's real. I'm going to say not real. No, that's 100% real. Follow oh my up. gosh. Follow up. Hold on, I'm going to need a second for this one. We're waiting with bated breath. To make up for previous incidents of horse mistreatment, one Philly fan ate the steed's excrement. 100% true. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I watched the video. This is, yeah, this I think is we've true. all seen the video. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think the best part about it is there's like 10 guys cheering him on. Yeah. Like, this is, do it. This is great. They had to atone for their um, previous sins of yeah, punching the horse. <laughs> I don't think the horse like. I don't think that makes any. I don't think the horse is happier that you're eating it. <laughs> I don't think that makes the horse feel any better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cooper, I will say uh, when the Cavs won, there was a video of a very uh, similar thing happening in Cleveland. So you're not you're not exempt from this. Uh, uh, all right, one more. Only three people were arrested. 
real and not real. Like as a result of just that horse okay, incident? No, uh, from the whole night of like in just like a city block, like no, throughout Philly, only intersection three or four people were arrested in just one Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> I on average, on average, given like the, given the huge amount of people, like the mob and the crowd, this sounds almost realistic. Like, cause like the, the, like in like the early videos, the police were like nowhere near the center of the city. They were like a couple blocks up and they were like high fiving people as they came in. And like, I think they just kind of hung out on the perimeter, kind of like a party on the steps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, just like, just letting it happen. Ignorance is blessed. Just letting it happen. Yeah. That can't be real. No, this is 100% real. So I think the last yes! time they had a championship celebration, it was something like 76 people were arrested. So John, when was the last Philadelphia sports champion? It was the Phillies, right? Yeah, so 70, yeah, something like 76 people were arrested after celebrations. So I've heard some reports saying three and other reports saying four. But regardless, that's nothing compared to in the 70s. That's mind-blowing. Uh, um, can I add one? Of course. A man broke into the Philadelphia Zoo, freed an ostrich, and rode the ostrich around the city. What do you think, Cooper? Not real. Should have should have been real though. Yeah, there are no ostriches in the Philadelphia Zoo. So. That's false because the Philadelphia Zoo Twitter account it is so this did not happen, but the Philadelphia Philadelphia Zoo Twitter account had to tweet out We've heard rumors regarding an alleged ostrich ride through the city last night. <laughs> <laughs> Although this will be quite a feat, please rest assured, no ostriches... Oh, you're right, John. No yeah. ostriches call the zoo home and all our feathered friends are safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But there, so there were people... Um, I saw some people tweet out like the link to the Philadelphia police scanner and were just like, for your entertainment, like have a listen. And apparently like someone had like tweeted out that they'd heard on the scanner that someone broke into the zoo and stole an ostrich and was riding it. <laughs> uh, so I I thought I would throw that one in because it, it made me chuckle. Well, that's now got to be done. I think that's the bar. Free caged animals and riding them. Um, all right. Is that all the Super Bowl? I think that's Congratulations, it. Congratulations, John. Enjoy Jeff, it. did we miss our song? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you think you were well, are, the are hook? we just gonna are we gonna throw that in for the intro? Or are you just gonna are we just gonna no, cut that? So there? I think the stipulation was that I would sing it and then it would become the intro for the next year of our podcast. Yeah, that's yes. exactly what it was. Which is that's fitting because this is this is the one year anniversary. Yep. Okay. Um yeah, I need to get oh, we a need to play on the here. Let me pull up the uh the we might, this. We, we might not. On the road to victory. Okay. Fight, fight, fight. Okay. I think I'm ready. Can you count me in? What? Hey, Mr. Marching Band, can you count me in? Uh, yeah, how fast do you want to go? <laughs> Preferably uh, slightly above tempo. Fly, Eagles, fly. On the road to victory. Fight, 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 fight. Eagles fight. 
score a touchdown. One, two, one, two, three. Hit them low. Hit them high. And watch our Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. On the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. I deserve that. Oh, it's lovely. That's wonderful. Would you rate my performance? Um, not the worst version of Fly Eagles Fly that's been sung in this week in, the, in these past seven days. <laughs> uh, I wish we had made it uh, Dreams and Nightmares by, by Meek Mill. <laughs> <laughs> that can be our how we end the podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we should reach out to Meek and see if we can sample stuff. Uh, all right. That's our Super Bowl episode. As we mentioned, there'll be a second full non-Super Bowl episode with all other things, NBA, college football, and more coming out. Following this, we wanted to get all the Super Bowl stuff into one. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back very soon with more. But until then... Nope.